you're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So something's been bothering me a lot. Um, and it's really sprung up since 2015, 2016. And obviously that was with the rise of Donald Trump. But something else rose with him. And it was this meme, this phrase, hashtag fake news. Um, and there's always been a very particular distrust when it comes to news, depending on which news outlet you follow, it's been amplified since uh, Donald Trump has been on the scene. And it's something that's done so carelessly. I think it's uh, important to take a moment and take a step back and to understand the importance of journalism and news reporting to a democracy. So on this particular episode, I'm sitting with a podcast that I've become a huge fan of just in the last few weeks. Um, his name is Manny Faces. He hosts a podcast and producer of a podcast out of New York called U.S. Newsbeat. He also has an organization called the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. The overall theme is understanding the importance news reporting and journalism plays to a democracy and how journalism is portrayed on the world stage. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering how I make my podcast sound so crisp and clean. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the time, and equipment to make this podcast happen. And it doesn't just end there. It's also an opportunity to connect with other creative individuals just like me. And not just other podcasters. I'm talking writers, musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head on down to Rec Philly. It is super affordable. The memberships are great, and it's an opportunity to flex your creative muscles. If that's you, I hope to see you there soon. So uh, with me, I have Manny Faces, a really, really dope uh, producer and host of a podcast. Uh, it's based out of New York. It's called uh, U.S. Newsbeat. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I highly recommend it for everybody. Uh, Manny, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me on your show. I, I appreciate it. So uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, what your, your podcast is. I feel like we're in an era of emerging podcasts and a lot of people trying to grab hold of this new form of uh, popular media. Um, but right. tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what makes yours different and unique. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. Uh, the Newsbeat podcast, uh, it's a... Um, uh, we, we like to explain it by saying that it's a, it's a combination of social justice journalism uh, and original music and lyrics. So we like to, so our little tagline is it's just 60 minutes and Hamilton had a podcast, baby. Oh, uh, nice. so, um, or, or for the more uh, hip hop centric folks, we like to say, and the more radical folks, we like to say it's like Democracy Now! and Black Thought had a podcast, baby, depending on who, you know, your references. Yeah, you showed uh, me that email, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that, that got me because I'm a huge Black Thought fan. So that, that, that opened my eyes immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, um, it just let, it lets you know kind of the level of artistry. You know, uh, and part of that is to, to make that differentiation. You know, sometimes people might think of, if we if we you know are we wrapping the news? Is it like Schoolhouse Rock? Is it kind of you know cheesy? Right. Um, but it's not. It's actually on all counts. It's very high quality work. Um, and I'm saying that humbly as as possible. But just to let people know. Uh, so when we say it's, it's social justice journalism, uh, our our crew of journalists are actually award winning journalists. They've been in uh, in the game for 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 many many years, well over a decade. Uh, Four hundred some odd uh, journalism awards. 
through previous iterations of uh, alternative news weekly or digital online platforms. Uh, so they've been covering stories uh, from a sort of an independent underground alternative viewpoint. And that only means that we weren't the main newspaper in town. We weren't the, the big corporate media. We were the go get and, you know, go against the corporate media and make sure we, we hold people to account. Uh, so they've been doing that for a long time. Uh, musically, it's not cheesy at all. It's actually pretty well produced. It's a major part of the podcast uh, where everything is woven over a bed of music. Uh, it kind of sets a mood. It's sort of like a score, like the score to a movie in some regards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what we do is we actually bring in independent hip-hop artists to, at three points during the episode, actually sort of punctuate the topic we're talking about with original uh, hip-hop, with original rap lyrics, uh, again, three three sixteens, you know, throughout the whole episode. And the artists that we choose, that we work with, uh, are incredibly uh, intelligent, well-versed in the topics, and able to uh, compel, put, a, put together a compelling punctuation mark to the interviews with the activists and the authors and the other journalists and the people who are kind of fighting these fights. So it is really unique, and I think it's, it is, uh, as, 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 as much as we can, uh, it's, it's high quality in all of those aspects. Yeah, it's really dope. And uh, one of the artists that you have on regularly, Silent Night, um, man, some yes, of his, indeed. Some of his uh, spoken word pieces are just like it cuts you to 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 the core, especially for people that aren't uh, particularly fond of different media and news outlets and reporting. Um, for those true hip hop heads out there, you know, you know, hip hop artists have always been kind of that speaking the truth. So that blend is unique from the from the outside looking in, but it's it's just something that just fits so naturally and how you. <laughs> You blend uh, the spoken word artist who's always been out there on the forefront speaking to these issues and some of these huge news topics and, and connecting it all. It's super dope. Yeah, I, mean, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, hip hop's always been that, you know, and I think the, the perception these days, uh, because it's gotten so, you know, commodified or it's so much of a, a popular culture now, mm. you don't really, a lot of people think that hip hop doesn't have that in its DNA or, you know, really isn't really doing that sort of work anymore. Right, and right. What, I, what, I, what I work in my other, the other work I do is to, is to get across that, no, hip-hop has is, is always been and still very much is uh, that voice of the voiceless. It just may not be in, uh, in front of your eyes on the, you know, the radio or in some of the, the very front-facing media that we see today, um, but it's actually probably, I would argue, uh, even more important and more effective than ever. Uh, so it's, it's, it's being able to use it in this way, and, you know, backs that up a little bit. Um, but there's other people who are doing other things, uh, combining hip hop and activism and, and speaking out and uh, recording and documenting. And, you know, it's happening all over the place. It's just not as uh, right in front of your face as it used to be when, you know, we'd have artists on the radio like Public Enemy or Poor Righteous Teachers or Karis One who are, sure, you know, on sure. the radio and they were part of the everyday Absolutely. Uh, exposure to hip hop. And so you're speaking to what you just said. What else you do is uh, you have an organization called the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. Uh, Talk about that. What what is that uh, organization and and the agenda behind it? Yeah. Taking myself back a step. I've been an independent journalist. Uh, I've worked with the team at Newsbeat as where they were before. Uh, I was doing a lot of the online media uh, website construction and, and some writing. 
but independently, I was covering hip-hop, music, and culture in and around New York City for about a decade. I started a, an online magazine called Birthplace Magazine uh, back in 2008, yeah. uh, and I, I covered the area's independent music scene as much of the... Um, as much of hip hop uh, moved to other areas of the country, Houston was popping, Atlanta right. became popping. Right. Um, you know, New York still had a really unique uh, ecosystem, uh, and I think a lot of the attention went elsewhere. They follow the money sometimes. Uh, hip hop media does. Uh, anyway, so I covered it for a long time, and in doing so, obviously, I was covering the independent artists and the, the events and all the you know, new videos, new songs, all the hip hoppy music things. Uh, but I also came across a number of people and organizations that were using hip-hop in really inventive and innovative ways, uh, whether it be uh, in education or uh, to tackle health and wellness issues or science and technology or, again, politics and activism. And as I developed uh, understanding of all these people and organizations, I felt that telling their stories was uh, as important, if not more important, than, than doing some of the other local artistry work that I was doing. So... I wanted to do that from an institutional point of view rather than just start another media outlet. I'd done podcasts. I'd started all kinds of podcasts and, and the magazine itself. So I formed a nonprofit, the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy, as sort of trying to be a, uh, an institutional hub for that kind of information. So the mission of the, the, the center, as stated, is to increase public awareness and understanding of hip hop's artistic and cultural contributions. And really the underside of that is to show the really positive ways that hip-hop is improving lives and livelihoods and communities uh, and really you know, uh, Im impacting humanity in very uh, positive ways, a lot of which, to the, to the regular public, they don't know most any of that. For sure. For Even sure. to us, hip-hop heads, we get confused sometimes and think that, again, it's not happening like it should, but it re there's so much happening that just doesn't get that attention. So I felt it was my obligation as a, you know, as a true hip hop advocate and as a journalist and someone who knows how to do these things to try to take that on. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, there is a, a very negative uh, stigma that has always kind of existed uh, for hip hop. And you can correlate that to just because the essence of hip hop is essentially blackness. And that's kind of how it got its roots and, and grew. So, you know, there's right. a negative stereotype about black people. There's always going to be that negative stereotype about hip hop. But I think you for do sure. a great job of impressing that importance of the alternative side of, of what hip hop really does for people, how it gives voices uh, to the voiceless and speaks to uh, oppression and, and other uh, facets of our community and uplifts and builds community that um, that doesn't uh, it's not always shown within larger media circles. Um, so I, I know I was watching a few videos. You can find a lot of the content for the hip hop advocacy uh, um, on YouTube, right? Uh, yeah, just started doing some more, um, I guess, uh, frequent video work. Uh, it's basically me talking. But that's what I was doing for two years with the New York Hip Hop Report, which yeah. is a podcast that I did out here. Um, so it's just getting that information out on, on a little bit more frequent basis, dropping tidbits of, of knowledge uh, video-wise. I do writing uh, on the site as well uh, in, you know, with some other people. Uh, and we do have a, a pod, another podcast as well. Uh, the, the, that's called uh, Hip Hop Can Save America, where I interview some of the, interview, uh, the innovators uh, in these fields that are doing this work. So there is definitely content being created on our site and on YouTube, yes. Very, very cool. Um, but, I mean, as, as the essence of, of a lot of what you're doing is, is 
doing some real hardline reporting, you know, even if it's not in a conventional sense of you're out there uh, on the front lines uh, interviewing people and f- with a microphone in their face, you, you know, you're challenging the narrative out there, whether it be hip hop, whether it's uh, the connection of just culture and politics. Um, and I kind of wanted right. to talk to you. There's a there's an episode that that you guys did recently on uh, U.S. Newsbeat, and it's I wanted to expand upon that Um and the episode really was focusing on uh, our relationship, the public's relationship and the government's relationship with uh, journalism within media and how there seems to be an right. almost a never ending attack on uh, free press and, and how we gain information. Right. And, you know, obviously with the rise of Trump, there has been a um I, I think he amplifies almost everything, almost every negative aspect of a lot of things in our culture, <laughs> but particularly with this hashtag right. fake news. And, and I think what's lost on a lot of people is the importance of journalism to a functioning democracy. Um, but right. to that to that effect, you know, you there's been a lot of negative attacks on journalism prior to Trump. You know, even under Obama, under uh, Bush, you know, you can go as far back as even Nixon um, when he was uh, uh, going through his trials and tribulations during the during the 70s in Watergate. There were particular types of attacks that were being pressed upon um, on the news media. So, like, this isn't necessarily new. It's just a higher pitch uh, level of that. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, I I think you're well, you're right. It's certainly nothing new. And yes, I think. I think things are amplified these days for probably a number of reasons. I think the uh, the times are different, whereas there's so much information now, you know, mm-hmm. out there um, that if Nixon was attacking the Washington Post and you know and banning them from somewhere, you know, the other four or five, you know, news outlets or, or news uh, channel networks could we're still going to get the story. They still were going to be there and they right. were going to cover it, and right. that would be it. You could. Even if they managed to block out one of them somehow or, or you know, there were going to be other there'd be a newspaper that was covering it because there weren't that many. There were only a certain amount of established news outlets and they were about their business and they did the, you know, the job they needed to do. Um, because now is such a different time where you have this, you know, confluence of all these different media outlets and media sources and not news, but still information and, you know, social media and podcasts and information is such a. You know, it's a blessing and a curse, of course, right. you know, having this, uh, this, this, this Internet uh, age, this age of information. Um, so while it's nothing new, uh, and you're right, we talk about, we have a, we, the, the episode I think you're talking about is our more recent one, uh, which is, you know, about sort of the future of journalism and, and where it's going to go, you know, compared to the state that, that it's in now. Uh, previously, we had done a, a Newsbeat episode on basically on the government's attacks on the free press. It was, it was much more kind of narrowed in on that particular thing. And we talked about Obama, you know, President Obama having similar issues, you know, similar things coming up uh, in the, in the, in, during his administration. I think it's almost like the, the thing I say with hip hop is that the problem is that the alternative or the balance isn't quite there. Uh, so we, we don't have the, the respectable outlets when there's, you know, we still have the respectable outlets. We still have the ones that are, you know, have been there, the inst- legacy institutions. But I think that all this other stuff has given people a little bit of a mistrust for those legacy institutions right. and more, more trust than they should in a lot of these alternative outlets right, or alternative right. means of, of, of getting information. 
um, and media literacy, which I think in the past was taken for granted, again, because you had only so many outlets and you just kind of blindly trusted Walter Cronkite's of the world. Um, media literacy is, is a whole new thing these days, and nobody's really addressing that, or nobody has really addressed that until it became too big of a problem. When you say uh, media literacy, let's expand on that. What exactly are you referring to? Yeah. So I think the ability for, you know, the every, you know, the everyday person who isn't, you know, we spend a lot of time if we're into politics or into news coverage, uh, especially with Newsbeat and the things we do, you know, with the whole Russia thing, right? The whole right. Russia. And I think it's an important, incredibly one of the most important stories of our time, personally. But as my colleague Rashid Mian and I always talk about as our managing editor have talked about very often is that the average person hears about it, but because they're not so inside baseball, uh, they're not tuned in every day to the news. They're not tuned in every minute. They're not reading every article. They're not reading some of the you know, left and the right and the different perspectives. And so their knowledge of it is not as in-depth. And that's fine. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you're not following the story as much. But because that happens, I think it becomes harder, for, and that happens with a lot of things. Right. But because of that happens, I think it becomes easier for people to be fooled by what maybe isn't a well-researched, fact-checked article or snippet or meme <laughs> that comes across their social media. Then you know they get fooled into thinking that that might be sort of representative of the actual you know facts or the actual truth. Mm. I, 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 I think that even the most best intentioned people uh, can be fooled because they're not. There's so many different types of information coming from so many different sources. It's not what we're used to seeing through all of our lives, and we're we can be fooled very easily. I, I did a couple of uh, interviews recently with um, a number of different younger uh, young people, people within their early twenties and thirties. And uh, one of the things that they kept mentioning, uh, the interview was focused on how um, how engaged in politics they are, uh, how they can get right. more in, involved and engaged and learning what's going on within the country. Uh, a lot of them weren't even voting um, at all. And one of the things that right. they kept saying was, uh, I just wish the news uh, didn't uh, wasn't so biased. And I, did, I wish they weren't so opinionated. And I think there has been a... a a, a gradual uh, evolution from, like you, you mentioned, your typical Walter Cronkites who, you know, they sat at the news desk, they reported on the information, very rarely gave opinion, and that's kind of where the story ended. Um, whereas we've evolved right. into this very opinion-based reporting. Um, you know, I give you the facts, mm -hmm. but I also give you my, my take on it and what you should do with it or where it should go next. Do you think that's, right. that's kind of amplified some of this distrust and 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 lack of media literacy because there is like like you said there's um there's been that that it's it's existed the distrust or the the attacks on media has existed prior to Trump but it's almost amplified now do you think he's kind of playing up that that message a little bit and it's kind of making yeah. the waters a little bit muddy well the 24 hour you know news cycle and the uh you know the talking heads and the, the back and forth, I think it makes it a lot easier for people to find uh, the talking points or the perspective that they agree with and, and latch on to that. Mm -hmm. and, and then then it becomes a snowball where I'm repeating what they say and then I talk to someone and then they list, they like what I'm saying. So they're going to repeat what I say. And then it goes, you know, it's just this circle 
of, uh, of, of like a bubble. You stay in your bubble. Right. Um, and, and online, you know, Fox News or, or, or what have you, you can stay in that bubble uh, by watching nothing else. Right. So, right. yes, and I understand young people's concerns. And, you know, I tell people because I'm still a fan of the news. Like, I'm in the news business. And there's a lot of times people say, oh, you're just out there to, you know, get clicks and tell stories. And I'm saying, well, a number of organizations are. Right. But I personally worked for an alternative news outlet. That, and listen, alternative news weeklies, you know, we say alternative like we were like, you know, in a in a in a in a in a basement somewhere. No, we were a real. It was a real news outlet. There was a lot of people. You're still huge, doing you know, the legwork. Network. Yeah, and what we were doing was we actually took down the big local, uh, the big you know uh, corporate uh, newspaper because for a circulation scandal. We didn't take them down, but we called them out for a circulation scandal. We mm-hmm. discovered that, and we took we put uh, you know dirty cops. We got dirty cops gotten out of position. And if you look at some of the bigger stories that have uh, surfaced in, in all of journalism, uh, the was it the Olympic uh, sex scandal? Right, right. Uh, with the, was uncovered by journalists. Right, right. I, I think uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein. I think some of that was came out from journalists. Like there are stories that journalists are breaking. And again, if you do believe that you know a lot of what's happening in the Trump administration is problematic, the only ones keeping them from squashing everything are journalists. Mm. So there is bias on the the corporate, you know, the corporate led fueled media channels. What I tell people often is, you know, listen, you got to know what's going on. So tune in to, to CNN at like right on the hour. Watch for about eight or ten minutes. You get all the info and then leave. Just go away. <laughs> go if you don't, because then it's just going to be there for the next forty minutes, and it's going to be talking about right. it over and over with right. seventeen right. different people. Right. But you will get the the immediacy of what is happening now do that but also listen to democracy now in the morning and get or, or, or listen to the bbc news which is sort of a worldwide uh perspective that is often less opinionated than other was it kind of known for that heralded for that so listen to the bbc now if you want to get sort of a, a right wing perspective okay fine that's cool check in on on fox news you know here and there i think the problem happens when any one person stays too close to one type of bias mm. and, and there, there you're not able to make that critical thinking because you're just kind of led in, in a certain way I, I accept the bias i recognize the bias and i know where the facts end and and the, and the opinions start and if i need more information i have to then as an informed citizen dig a little deeper on that topic myself and that's you know that's that's newsbeat. So that's what we do on the podcast. We don't you don't even hear us asking the questions or leading the. We're not giving you our. We're letting the people who do the work tell the story and let you figure it out from that point on. I think that's what, you know what we don't see a lot of uh, in the news that we see. Uh, but I think that's where people have to take it sort of in their own hands and dig a little deeper. Now we had the corporate. You know, I mean, we had the Walter Cronkites back in the days, but at the same time. We also, you know, were told certain things and we didn't have the opportunity to explore on our own. And that was also problematic. We didn't always get the full story, as you were talking about before, you know, how hip hop has a bad reputation because of racism and such. America didn't get the full story, especially right. about things that were bad, bad for America. Absolutely. You know, from these sources. And now we can get that information, but we have to be very careful. That's where media literacy comes in to play, doing that legwork ourselves as informed citizens. And we'll get mostly 
mostly will get the truth. I, 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 I hear you, and that's, I, I couldn't agree with you um, more. Um, but I, I, I take a step back, and you know, I'm glad you re- reference hip hop again. Um, you know, I think as as you know, as you, I've watched different hip hop artists uh, through generations, um, you know, or through the decades coming up, and I've seen how they've changed their style to connect with a different audience and to, mm. you know, not just put out the music and say this is the music and you this is how it is and you need to, you know, regardless of what you're hearing out there, I'm just going to shove it in your face. But they've changed their message, they've changed the the artistry behind. Uh, their platform so that it connects to a broader mm-hmm. audience and it uh, spins a different message. And you, do you think news uh, journalism reporters have that same uh, duty to, you know, what, what the way things are progressing, you know, maybe it's not necessarily accepted in this way. Let's try to innovate and change um, the, our platform so it connects to a wider audience or it's, uh, hits the community in a different light and so that we can mm. stay away from some of these negative uh, tropes that exist. I mean, I, I'd love to see more innovation in, in news. I actually, I mean, again, humbly, but I think that's what Newsbeat, you know, does really well is that you we do. are trying to cross pollinate these two ways of like real journalism, not a lot of opinion stuff and, and music, hip hop of all things. Right. Right. Um, but it's a combination that works and it's innovative and it's not gimmicky and we're not doing it in a, to pander. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And I, I think that that's, we're a great example of that. And we see it in hip hop and other crossovers with Hamilton or of course, Hamilton's not the end all be all in hip hop theater. There was a lot of hip hop theater before Hamilton and there's a lot of hip hop theater now that isn't Hamilton, you know, but, but showing the innovation that can occur when you, po- you know, cross pollinate different things, that innovation is important. Um, so I think, yes, I think news organizations, well, first of all, they have to. You know, if you didn't innovate early enough as a, as a print magazine or a print newspaper, and you didn't innovate early enough into how to transform to digital, mm-hmm. well, you went out of business. Right, right. You're no, you're no, you're no, you're no longer here, you know. Uh, we were at the Long Island Press. Uh, that's, that was our, our, our beat, uh, our newspaper out on Long Island, and we went digital, and then we eventually went all digital. We stopped the print version. And through all those iterations, we managed to, innovate and, and stay on top of the technology, which does, like you say, reaches a broader audience because now their news online. You have to meet them where they are. Mm. So yes, you have to continue to go with the social media trends and you see a lot of journalism brands, we got to be on Snapchat and we have to do all these things. Um, but again, there's, you got to be authentic. You can't do it for the sake of, of pandering. Um, you can't do it just without having a, a, an understanding of of what these new platforms and what these audiences are about. Um, we see missteps all the time with brands trying to reach other, you know, multicultural audiences and, and having horrible, <laughs> horrible results yeah, because absolutely. they don't have anyone inside that really can put them on to how you have to, uh, you know, communicate with these audiences. Um, so I do think the obligation is there. Um, if you're really about, uh, you know, the core tenants, of journalism, you know, the fourth estate, the protection of democracy, you know, the protection of the people, the calling uh, truth to power. If that's really what you have at your core, then yes, you have to find ways to uh, not not take the easy route, not not do the clickbait. That that the problem uh, with that, yeah, go ahead. I would say the problem with that is that it doesn't always make money. <laughs> 
But yeah. yes, there is an obligation. Yeah. You're, you're the, the, the more prolific, the more uh, charged the stories tend to be is what gets you, you know, that's your original clickbait right there for, for yeah. prior to, you know, your YouTube area and your social media area. The, the, the more toxic and the more sensational a story can be is, is how you, you got your sure. information. And I just think of the pandering. There's this, uh, there's this meme going around on Instagram of these, you know, news reporters just performing these weird hip hop lyrics in the studio. It's, it's so awful. And it, it kind of, yeah, you don't want to fall in that circle of, uh, of pandering to an audience. That's just not who you are. Um, because it no, just, but you it know what? Not I, who you are. A hundred percent. And it's, and it's hip hop and it has to deal with, you know, with, with mockery and yeah. that's, that's racist, bigoted. And, and, and I know the video you're talking about and they do it horribly. However, yeah. <laughs> I think it's in Atlanta. I think in Atlanta, there's, there's a, a weatherman, uh, and a newscast so that every now and then this clip floats around and they'll do, or they'll slip in some, some references to hit to a hip hop group, but they'll do it in a much more respectable right. manner. You can right. tell they're, they're kind of hip hop heads and they're having a good time with it, but they're not doing it to a mockery level. And I think that that's the, that's the difference that you're talking about. In other words, let's not do it. Um, let's have some cultural sensitivity. And again, with hip hop, I think it, it gets lost that, you know, hip hop is much more than the music on the radio. It's actually uh, by, by, and not by me saying it's a culture. Uh, by Cornell University, by Harvard University, by Yale University, by the Smithsonian, mm -hmm. uh, by the United States Department of State, by the city of Paris, by the city. Like, these are people who recognize it as, as a full-fledged culture. And you wouldn't do that, that mockery if it was uh, Native Americans, right? We don't do that anymore. Absolutely. We don't, we don't make, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, uh, we don't uh, cartoon or lampoon Indians, like we used to do, because we recognize that that's culturally insensitive. And they haven't done that with hip hop and by extension, you know, black and brown people, which is really where it comes from. So it's very problematic in that way when you try to do it without having that full understanding behind it. hundred percent. It's it's bad. I think I know what uh, what station you're talking about. Um, I think they even did a, a tribute to um, Prodigy from Mob Deep when he uh, yeah. when he passed. And, and, and also, also exactly. Also, Fife, I think, from Tribe Called yeah. Quest, did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. And that's was sort of a dope. nod. That's a respectful nod to to someone that we lost in our community. Right. We're seeing it now with with Nipsey Hussle and 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 a lot of you know uh, commentary about it. And you know, it's it's mm, it's problematic. Yeah, rest in peace to the three of those um, individuals who were big in the hip hop community, and um, especially sure. Nipsey Hussle. Uh, you know, spoke to a. Uh, a larger message and and I, I think he kind of embodies a lot of that what hip-hop sh uh, should be and and the positives of hip-hop that a lot of people don't get to see um so Absolutely. just uh one uh, uh, two more questions actually first one is uh what what advice do you have to those younger generations um who have a particular distrust of media and to mm -hmm. find themselves not knowing how to find reputable sources of information that they can find to contribute to their community. Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, as I mentioned before, it does take a little bit of, uh, you know, gathering information from, from different places that, you know, I, I think we, I think that's, that's important. Gathering information from different sources, from different angles and having some, you know, being able to critically think about what you're, what you're seeing or what you're coming across. Um, I think there are solutions in the mix. Um, the Knight Foundation, for example, is putting together a lot of, putting out a lot of money and foundational support to try to find ways 
to uh, cut down on you know this fake news syndrome uh, where information is being passed around. It's not actually uh, sourced or, or fact-checked. Um, so it's difficult. Um, I think young people can do well by uh, just looking into the the idea of of fake news. Yeah, you know, looking into what it means and and what the term is about and and why we have distrust in certain uh, outlets. Uh, I don't trust media by default, and I'm not asking that anyone else does either. Again, we're alternative journalists, so. We've have called out uh, the government. We've called out the government many times. We've called out the media many times. As a hip-hop journalist, I've called out hip-hop media all the time because I don't think they do a very good job. Right, but don't. if I want to find out about a particular thing, I know that I can find that, that I can get to the, the, the meat of that issue if I just look enough at differing outlets gather sort of the commonalities between them and then make a judgment based on that. Cause that's really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We can find people, you know, people or organizations or outlets that we generally trust that we generally find are doing a good job. Uh, but if we spend all our time on sort of like the, the time Warner or the Fox news, CNN's, uh, you know, New York post, and, and we're not taking time to look at some of the more independent minded uh, you know, the uh, uh, the Intercept or Democracy Now or um, some of you are just your your more independent journalism, your hard line. Yeah, they're not led by by commercials. Journalism. Absolutely. Right. They don't get paid by journalism. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, they're in the Marshall Project. There are independent you know, outlets that are yeah. doing this kind of research um, on topics that you might be interested in. Now, they also have beats. Like if you're lo really looking into criminal justice reform or some of the topics we cover on Newsbeat, and you'll hear us. You'll hear us on every episode. We're talking to the people that are in those organizations, the people that are, are uh, either fighting the fight, they're on the ground, they're speaking directly. You can go to those organizations. If you want to find out about a topic you hear about on the news, uh, we covered the felony disenfranchisement laws in Florida where felons were, uh, you know, the, 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 yes. the law was on the try to get their, their, their voting rights back. Yeah. And if there's any misinformation or, or, or not enough coverage of it on CNN, which is absolutely true, then go to the organizations that are you know, petitioning and, 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 and putting in the court orders and, and at the jails protesting. They'll give you the info. Go to their site. They're actually fighting that particular issue's fight. So that information is there. You know, people would say uh, the Boko Haram uh, situation where all the girls were kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it was, you know, in the circles on social media, I watched, you know, I've never heard of this. The, the news doesn't cover this. This is why. And absolutely, it did not get a lot of mainstream coverage until it got to a certain point. Right. But I had heard about it because I'd listened to, to the BBC on, it, on, uh, on NPR. So I know that, again, the BBC is covering things from a world, worldwide perspective. Find those sources that are, are, like you say, not, they're more independent. They're not tarnished by commercial capitalism 100%. And, and find a few of them and find the commonalities. Go directly to the source. A lot of times we'll see a report says, study says, and then it's summarized. Well, I could tell you so many times that that study has been mischaracterized right. by the media reports. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, my, my good friend, Dr. Joyce Sever, uh, she wrote a, a, a great white paper basically on how Colin Kaepernick was 
the media says, a, a study says, was the most unliked football player at the time. This was back when, you know, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Right, right. And if you actually look at the study, in fact, if you actually look at the methodology of the study, it was done completely biased. It was a terribly biased. But Sports Illustrated put that article out there. And, of course, every blog afterwards Picked just repeated. What, yeah. Yeah. And it was wrong. Right. But you know what you could have done as a person? You could have gone and actually read the actual study right. directly. Hmm. So I tell people, look for the original source. Uh, don't, if, you know, every hip-hop article I read, you know, that Complex writes is, according to the Guardian, you know what I mean? They're not even reporting the, the hip-hop stories. They're hmm. getting it from, from other sources. Right. So if I want to share that story, I'm sharing it from the Guardian because they did the work. No Complex, you don't get the, cr- the credit. You know, so go to the original source. Try down. That's what I ask people, uh, young people to do. Don't give up on the news. You got to know what's going on. I think that's a, a a message, you know, that is hard to take for a lot of people because you know we're used to convenience and and our uh, uh, new emerging society. And I think that's uh, you know right. to be a, a responsible civic American, you got to you got to do the legwork. There's no shortcuts in that. Yeah, yeah, especially because you know they're trying to fool you. Right. You know they're trying to fool us. You, you know that, that everyone has their own agenda. You know that, you know, whether it's right or left. I mean, you know, I, you know, I kind of know where I might lean, but I can tell you that there's stuff on the left that doesn't need to, to go there. Oh, 100%. You know, that again is, is misleading. Is, you know, it, so it happens. So I try to find, when it comes to finding news and facts and find out, like, the real deal, I try to find the centrist sources. I try to weed out all the other stuff. And, yeah, it does take some work. But you know what? That's you staying woke just don't mean be, wake up and lay in bed. Right. Um, you know what I mean? I got one more question for you. I ask everybody, uh, what's your uh, what's your most favorite thing in the world right now? Oh man. Uh <laughs> I always my catch favorite, my, <laughs> my I have so many favorite things. Um my favorite thing is is baby girl faces. Uh, I have a four year old daughter. Um and I have a few kids, um, but she's the favorite right now. They they <laughs> understand. Um, they're all my favorites, but you know, she's the baby. Yeah. So, uh, baby delightful. gets the heart. Baby gets the heart. You know, four to five years old, it's a delightful age. Yeah. Uh, she's funny, developing her personality. She's a lot of fun. She, she cheers me up when I'm feeling down, you know, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Um, so I'm, that's my, my favorite thing right now. Um, selfishly, the other favorite thing is that I'm, I'm in a place where I can like being on your show, you know, ha- being in a, uh, in a position where I can put out some of these ideas, uh, spread some of these concepts and tell some of these stories because whether it's Newsbeat and we're telling stories about social injustices and the people who are really affected negatively uh, by these things that sometimes don't get enough coverage and don't get enough news and, and we're pointing to solutions. It's like, oh, does this issue mean something to you? Is, is your family member incarcerated? Do you have something, something? You can fight that by going to this organization. We help you find a way to help fight that problem. That, that, it's the most important work of my life and I've done a lot of things, uh, so it's very fulfilling to me to be able to do that um, and then just go around speaking and talking about all the great things that hip-hop as a whole could do, not just in the podcast. Um, it's, it's the culmination of a lot of years' work. Uh, I was just at Columbus, uh, Ohio State University. I was just at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, I'll be up at Harvard. I'm doing podcasts. That's dope. And again, it's, it's nice that it's me, and I feel proud of it because it's me, and I get to be out there. But 
it's never me talking about me. It's me talking about all these other people doing great things, and that's very um, fulfilling for me. I'm very, um, I'm I very think, blessed um, to, to be in that I position. think a lot of the reward in some of the stuff that we do on our platforms is just being able to connect and, and spread a more positive message um, and highlight some, some really great things that other people was doing. So I want to thank you yeah. for your platform because it's, I'm, I'm glad I found it, and uh, you ended up reaching out to me. Um, so that was that was really really dope and i hope everyone else can get an opportunity to uh, tune in to uh, u.s newsbeat um where can we uh, find the uh, your platform yeah so uh usnewsbeat.com is the is the website it's the hub uh one thing i do like to point out is that every one of our episodes has a full-fledged cover story like a feature like a three thousand word story that accompanies it so obviously listen to the episodes that's the key um they're 30 minutes long on average they're perfect for commute um of course, the podcast itself is available on Apple Podcasts, on Google, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on TuneIn, all the platforms. It's Newsbeat with two words. There is another Newsbeat. It's NBC has, has a, a podcast called Newsbeat with one word, and that's not us. We're Newsbeat. We have a red logo. Uh, but usnewsbeat.com has all the direct links and all the information about us. Uh, personally, you can find me at mannyfaces.com. Uh, and the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy is hiphopadvocacy.org. But everything I do branches off of me. So if you're interested in anything that I've talked about or, or you know, can point you in that direction, mannyfaces.com uh, can send you off in all those directions. All right. Thank you. Uh, this has been Manny Faces with uh, U.S. News Beat and the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. Thank you, Manny. This was a really refreshing conversation. And uh, I'm glad we we're able to have it and share your platform uh, with all my listeners. Thank you very much, man. It, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and all the best to you and yours. Thank you. Thank you. All right, a huge special thanks to Manny Faces uh, with U.S. Newsbeat. He is the host and producer of that podcast. You can download it wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, make sure you stop by and give him a review on Apple Podcasts. He also has an organization called the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. Um, he's been doing a lot of videos on YouTube um, that he's been posting recently. I highly recommend you guys check it out. You know, I'm all about furthering conversations and expanding our horizons from what is typically out there and the message that's out there. A lot of negative tropes and and um, stereotypes that exist uh, within black and hip hop community. And Manny Faces does a really good job of challenging that. And uh, on that note, I just want to uh, rant a little bit and talk about the importance of journalism and media in our uh, culture and how it's its importance and, and a necessity uh, for it to exist in a democracy. Um, at its fundamental core, democracy is a government that is represented by the people. And in order for you to have representation of the people, you, there needs to be a check in place. And that check is media and journalism. If journalism isn't checking government, if journalism isn't given an opportunity to look behind the curtain and if it's being demonized and ridiculed in a way that uh, paints a picture of distrust, of widespread distrust, there's something wrong. Um, the importance of journalism cannot be understated. If journalism doesn't exist, democracy doesn't exist. There is no if ands, or buts about that. So I want you guys to think about that the next time you hear someone attacking media, attacking the mainstream media and journalism. It's important to point out its faults, but a grand scale attack is damaging to democracy as a whole. 
So think about that next time someone says fake news. Think about that next time someone says uh, the mainstream media is all bad. They're trying to destroy uh, what is fundamental to human nature and to democracy. And that's a check and balance on the powers that be. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, um, any topic or host suggestions, you can always email me at realtalk at salascorner.com. Um, also, don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Salas Corner. And I'd really uh, like to hear back from you guys, so make sure you're reviewing me on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, until next time, peace, y'all.